When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I thought we were a lot smoother, you know, especially in, in all phases from you know, the first string guys, second string guys, third string guys. We moved the ball up and down the field a little bit, but, you know, still got to finish. We got to work on finishing the end zone. I mean, our job is to score points, to score touchdowns, so we, we, we still got some work to do to get better there. Are things a little bit different without Jay out there? Yeah, I mean, you, you hate not having a fearless leader. I mean, it, it's amazing to not have Jay around. In the five years I've been with him, he's never missed a single thing. So to see him miss something, you know, that's that's really tough. But um, hopefully he'll bounce back quick and be back out with us tomorrow. Is he blowing up the phone, the text, the calls, trying to trying to stay involved? <laughs> We're back to COVID as long as we mean. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's involved in all our offensive staff meetings. I mean, we tried to find a way to patch him in and, and give him a live feed of the scrimmage, but. We weren't able to do that, but, you know, we'll go straight in and, and get on with him and, and watch it. So, What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. That was associate head coach slash quarterbacks coach Matt Mummy speaking with the media. Jay Norvell was not present at CSU's second scrimmage of fall camp. It still went on as scheduled with Mummy and defensive coordinator Freddie Banks leading the way. Going to start the podcast with some offensive takeaways and observations. I will then play some more audio from Mummy, kind of talking about what he's looking for from his quarterbacks in these scrimmages. Then we'll get into the defense. We'll play some defensive audio from Freddie Banks as well. So it's going to be a fun podcast, a lot to go over. Before we get into everything, guys, college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook to celebrate the best time of year. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team is going to win, which team will score first, and more. And what's awesome is if you hit that, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. You know, you hit a big bet, you can pull out the cash right then and there if you feel like it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code DNVR, bet $5 on college football, get $200 in free bets instantly, again with that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, one per new customer, minimum $5 deposit, and wager $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Restrictions to apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, it's It's been a long day. Not going to lie. I got up to Fort Collins nice and early. It was a gorgeous day. It was, you know, perfect football weather. You know, we were able to get a look at the starting offense against the starting defense and live reps. You know, you don't really get to see that very often. We don't, at least. I mean, the staff probably does in, you know, parts of the the practice that are not open to the media, but the scrimmages have been open in their entirety, which I'm very appreciative of. Good to see my friend Kevin Lytle from the Fort Collins, Colorado, and back out there after 
you know, being on the unable to perform list, physically unable to perform list with a positive COVID diagnosis. Obviously, Jay Norvell, positive COVID diagnosis, missed this scrimmage. Hope he's doing okay. Obviously, it, it sounds like he is based on kind of the comments from some of the assistant coaches. They expect to have him back within a day or two. Um, CSU will have a press conference on Monday with him. So we'll, uh, we'll get to hear from him soon enough. I, I actually enjoyed really getting to hear the perspectives from Matt Mummy and Freddie Banks, you know, right after this scrimmage. It was just kind of interesting to see. Both of those guys are really straightforward. You know, they're honest, straight shooters. They don't talk down to us. That's one thing that I think some football coaches do. And it actually causes them to come off less articulate or eloquent than they actually are. Because, you know, they assume that, you know, you won't understand the football lingo or, you know, they need to simplify it, you know. So the simpletons that aren't in the locker room can understand it. And oftentimes, you know, it just it doesn't come off as well if they would just you know, speak the way that they they normally speak. And I, I really appreciate that about this staff. Medved and the basketball staff are are very similar. They don't they don't talk down to you. They just explain it to you how it is. Anyways, as you could gather from the first part of that Mad Mummy audio that we started the podcast with, the offensive execution was a lot smoother. It, it you know the ones, the twos, the threes, everybody was able to sustain some drives at, at various points, you know, Everyone was moving the ball up and down the field. That was definitely not the case last week. You know, the defense kind of dominated from just start to finish. In particular, the defensive line was so disruptive. You know, a lot of the plays never even really got a chance to develop. But this time around, it was a lot more back and forth. Uh, The defense did do a good job of kind of bending and not breaking. You know, while they did give up some drives, they didn't really give up a lot of points. And that was kind of one of the things that Matt Mummy brought up repeatedly is that they just, they've got to be able to put more points on the board. He was definitely encouraged. The offense is, you know, going in the right direction. But, you know, this is a a team that, you know, wants to score in the 30s every week. So settling for field goals was, you know, kind of a thing that was pretty frequent today. And that definitely won't be, you know, the the ideal scenario in, in the regular season. This is a team that wants to push it. And, and it's exciting. It should be a lot more fun than what we saw last year. But that kind of stuff takes time, particularly when you have just so many, you know, moving pieces and so many new parts trying to come together and establish, you know, chemistry. The starting offensive line, I thought, looked really, really good today. In particular, I felt like the the guys along the interior were able to generate a lot of push. Uh, Mummy brought up that the from a running perspective, it was obviously much better than the first scrimmage. I definitely agree with that. But it's not going to be a situation where, you know, right out of the gate, they're going to look like the 2021 Nevada Wolfpack. I mean, that was an offense that played together for multiple years, you know, had a lot of talent at the skill positions, not unlike this current team. You know, I think the receivers are are comparable to what Nevada had last year. Although, I mean, Romeo Dubs is a stud, man. That guy is an animal. But even with all the talent that they have at the receiver position, you know, the tight ends look good. I think Tanner Arkin is definitely going to be a star, particularly as a, as a receiver. I'm not sure he's quite the blocker that Trey was, but that's something you can improve upon, you know, as time goes on. The backfield looks good. You know, like I said, the offensive line looked a lot better today, both in pass protection and run scenarios. But there's going to be a lot of variance. You know, there's going to be moments where this team looks really good, and, you know, there's going to be 
be moments where it's a little bit rough, like like it was in that first scrimmage, particularly, you know, as they, you know, continually pick up the pace and, you know, try and play faster. This is an offense that's obviously a little bit up-tempo, but that's not necessarily always how you're practicing. I mean, seven-on-sevens are are good in, in terms of working on, you know, the routes and the timing of things crossing, you know, how it's all going to look. But it's not the same as running those live reps. It's a, it's a much different pace. Obviously, from a pressure standpoint, it's significantly different if you're a quarterback and you got, you know, four or five guys trying to kill you. It's a, it's a little bit different. But we're getting there. We're seeing a lot of growth, particularly from the young players. And guys are getting a lot of reps. I mean, at the wide receiver position, Justice Ross Simmons, after having a monster day last Wednesday, he had another, you know, busy day today. Didn't have the same type of highlight showing, but consistently made catches up and down the field was a guy that was able to you know get open in on a couple of different routes make a couple of contested catches took one really heavy hit in the open field got right back up right now as far as the the true freshman go my money would probably be on him and then Makai Fox as the guys that ultimately see the most time in September but I mean that can change today we also saw Justice McCoy out there at wide receiver it should be noted that Tory Horton uh, did not participate. He's been non-contact, so that'll be kind of something to keep our eyes on. You know, I, I don't know if he's presently injured or if it's more just trying to be preventative. I mean, he's obviously experienced enough that I don't really think he needs a ton of live reps other than, you know, maybe from a chemistry perspective with his quarterback. But, you know, him and Clay have, have certainly gotten plenty of reps together at this point. We'll just have to see. I mean, if we get closer to the Michigan game and he's still not in contact at that point, you know, we'll probably have to ask the coaching staff. It's it's one of those things we don't want to necessarily pester the staff about all the time. You know, injury questions. That's you know a great way to you know not not get welcome back to practice essentially. But I've definitely had my eye on it, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Melquan Stovall did participate as a returner today, but he didn't take any live reps at receiver either. So, you know, again, it just provided more opportunities for Justice Ross Simmons, for Makai Fox, for Louis Brown, you know, all these other guys out there. Long term, you know, you'd obviously like your your veterans on the field as as much as possible, your your biggest playmakers. But, you know, these these young guys getting all these added reps, I just think it's gonna be huge. We were stoked about the talent, you know, of this freshman class coming in, but between the split reps, you know, having the ones and threes and twos and fours work together and just having the threes and fours get so many more reps than they would have in a traditional practice setting. And then, you know, partially due to some other guys that are above them on the depth chart, not participating, but they're, they're getting even more experience now in these scrimmages in the live reps against, you know, some of the ones and twos that experience, it's just invaluable. And, and typically, you know, unless you were just like a freak freshman that was going to start from day one, you know, you didn't really get those reps right off the bat. So it took longer to develop. I would imagine that at this point of the season, you know, these freshmen are just a leg up of where, you know, they would have been in, in previous years if if it would have been the traditional practice style. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I really do think that that long term it's going to pay off and that it's just going to speed up the, the, the pace of development. We also had a chance to hear from Dante uh, Keys today. He was a really nice interview, well-spoken, polite, kind. He agreed that the offensive line execution was better. You know, definitely a little bit weird without Norvell out there. I really like all these guys that they brought in. It, they've been very enjoyable to talk to on a daily basis. 
Speaking of enjoyable transfers, go check out my feature on CJ on Yeki and just kind of his transfer or his, yeah, I mean, his transfer and his transition is what I was trying to say. To Fort Collins, to CSU, he's a New Jersey native, spent his first five years at Rutgers. So it's a big deal, you know, to come all the way across to Fort Collins. Didn't even get to take a, a visit on campus, but, you know, was amazed by what he saw over Zoom or FaceTime. And, you know, now that he's here, you know, it's even better than expected. So some of the stuff that CSU has to offer is, you know, even better than what the Big Ten has in comparison. Some of those programs, obviously, you know, probably not the Michigans and Ohio State's the world, but uh, he was a really, really good interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Just a little side tangent, sorry. But before I get into the defensive takeaways, I want to play you some audio. The young receivers are obviously getting a lot of reps out here. How do you feel they're coming along right now? They're getting there. I think, you know, really for a lot of our young guys, and even with Clay, it's just our sense of urgency on offense and speeding up. And that's why I wanted to really push the pace on them today and and see how they were going to react. And, And they did a pretty good job for the most part, but... You know, I think we're we're really talented in a lot of areas, and just getting the repetition, you know, that we have is going to be huge. Is it, you know, as you're, you know, inside three weeks until game day, is that now kind of that period where you really have to start kicking that up to be ready, you know, for that game pace? No doubt. And, and you know, practice is about to change, too. You know, the way we're doing things, we're going to start splitting up, and, and defense will start working on what they need to see for Michigan, and, you know, we'll start working on what we need to see. So, kind of entering a different phase instead of just trying to test everybody and see how the, you know, where they're going to fit in the, in the offense and the defense. I know you still got to evaluate film, but it seemed like the offensive line maybe performed a little better than last week. Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah, I'm real happy with, with the way Jacob Gardner and that first unit's working, especially in the run game. You know, we're, we're seeing our quarterbacks calling good into good run looks and getting some explosive runs. You know, I'd like to see our deep passing game, you know, vastly improve here in the next week or so, getting ready to go into Michigan. We're going to move on, talk about some defense, get some audio from Freddie Banks. Real quick, the dog days of summer are almost over, which means it's time to see Russ Cook at mile high, watch Jokic three-peat for MVP, maybe championship defense from Kale McCarr and crew at Ball Arena. Whether live, in person, or from the best seat, which is your house, FOCO has you covered with the best fan gear in town. They've got gifts and collectibles from the perfect tote bag, tumblers, hoodies, and Henleys to the Stanley Cup touting bobbleheads, baby. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports, and they have yours too. Get yourself decked out from head to toe throughout your home by checking out FOCO.com and make sure that you use the code DNVR for 10% off your non-sale items. I also want to talk about Ivaca, the new goat in Colorado sports that is greatest of all TV. Ivaca TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans featuring Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, the NFL Network, Get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado, all in crystal clear HD while using lens bandwidth and enjoy over 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and more. Turn your home into the ultimate game viewing zone. You can even stream your team straight from your phone, laptop, or tablet when you are on the go. You can also add on a discounted Sling TV bundle to add ESPN and more. Ivaca is only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. Right now, Colorado sports fans get $10 off per month for your first three months. To score this deal, go to ivacatv.com slash Colorado10. That's E-V-O-C-A-D-O-T-T-V slash Colorado10. No contracts, no catches. Ivaca TV is made for the champions of the remote. 
Uh, I thought we executed at a high level. It was good, um, but we didn't tackle as well as we did in the first scrimmage, which was a little, which was a little discouraging. And you go back and watch the film. You know, I haven't watched it yet, but on the surface, I don't think we tackled tackled as well as we could. Is this defense developing the aggression that you want them to play with? I think so. Uh, it's a daily process and reminding them that every time we touch the field, it's only one way to play. That's physical. It's running to the ball, having fun. We demand that we celebrate when we make big plays. Because um, you don't you don't work football, you play football. And our guys are buying into that. And it's hard to get stops. You, you see tempo and all these different offenses we're going to see. We're going to see triple option, RPO, pro style, um, everything under the sun and on, on our schedule. And uh, guys are buying into it. You guys, you know, the coaching staff challenged the linebackers to step up, make more plays in the spring. Have you seen the growth you, you guys were looking for there? Man, AP's done a really good job with those guys. Um, he played the position. And obviously, he's done a good job coaching them. They've taken a, a big step, this next level of football, which is just understanding backfield sets, understanding splits, alerting, alerting motions, the pre-snap communication, because we don't do a whole lot, but our guys should be able to recognize what the offense is doing to us and how, what's going to help me do my job. So you've done a good job, Doug. Mm -hmm. I saw Cameron make a couple of nice plays with the ones today. Mm -hmm. Has he done the things you guys were looking for? And Man. is he kind of working his way back yeah. up the depth chart? Man, Cam is in the mix right now. He's going to play a lot of snaps for us. At the end of spring, we wouldn't have said that. So, I mean, we're proud of him. And we told him, like, you were, you was down with the twos. and It was no secret. He was with the twos and probably was out of the mix for us. And you should have seen him work this summer. Uh, we call him knee up, toe up now. Because his knees are coming up and he can run. I mean, we were we, we're really pleased with him. It's a it's a comeback. We, I mean, we we're we we're pretty pointed about being honest with what we thought, and he could have tanked it, and he's gonna help us win a lot of games. All right, it was a big performance from linebacker Cameron Carter today. If you've listened to the podcast, I talked about consistently how it was just kind of surprising that you know going back to the spring, he had been buried on the depth chart. Obviously, got demoted in the spring game for walk on. Uh, Drew Kulik, who was relatively unknown at that point. Kulik played well and has actually continued to play well, but it, it looks like Carter is is kind of back in the good graces of the coaching staff, and that's definitely an encouraging sign for this defense. One of the most experienced players returning, so you know the fact that from spring to now, he's essentially gone from a guy that the staff didn't view as you know dependable or a guy that they could have in the mix to a guy that's going to be playing significant reps, that's big time. I wrote a feature on it, so go check it out if you are a member. If not, you know, it's always a great time to subscribe. Get a free t-shirt with your annual membership. But I, I just love a good comeback story, and that's what this is. I also, you know, appreciate that the staff was really honest about it. You know, they didn't dance around it. They were honest with Cameron, but they were honest with us. You know, Freddie, pretty blunt with the way he said, you know, he's in the mix. He's going to help us win a lot of football games. That's not something we could have said in the spring. It, it, it's cool when players respond you know it especially in the in the transfer era and i'm not even saying necessarily all players are wrong you know when they get benched and they transfer everybody just wants an opportunity but i mean carter's a guy who's been productive over the years you know at having a new staff come in at this point of his career it'd be really easy for him to be like screw this you know I've, i'm a guy that's proven myself you know why why should i have to do this again i'm gonna go somewhere else instead he's responded and he's playing really well. I mean, he was awesome today in the scrimmage, came right on to the field and, you know, immediately had a pass breakup on a crossing route, had a couple of nice run stuffs, one in particular where he shot through the gap and 
had a had a tackle for a loss on a short yardage scenario. He was flying all over the place. He was definitely one of the guys that stood out from a hustle perspective. You know, Freddie joked that they're calling him knee up, toe up now for, you know, how much better he's moving out there. And again, I just think it's a really cool story. Go check it out on the DNVR.com. And I feel like Ram fans in general can just feel better about the depth of the the linebacker room, especially, you know, when you have a really versatile secondary around you and, you know, a couple of defensive backs that could kind of play linebacker themselves. Taiwan Francis can lay the wood. He's going to be the starting nickel. You've got Henry Blackburn that can play safety. Jack Howell's going to play safety as well. Both those guys can play up near the line of scrimmage. They can play deep. You have Angel King, who's primarily been, you know, playing free safety since coming over, but he's been a corner the last two years. He played some corner today. Aiden Hector was a four-star corner coming out of high school. He played safety at Washington State. Those guys you can move around. Norvell on my podcast last week mentioned you know, that he could see Hector being a will linebacker, and I could too, just with this frame. And I, you could really say the same about uh, Blackburn or, or Francis, that they could be, you know, de facto linebackers themselves just with the, the physical approach. Those are guys that like to lay the wood. I mean, those are guys that definitely embrace tackling. They like being in the thick of it. And we're seeing that from some of the corners too. You know, we were talking to Chigose Anusium today, and he mentioned that he'd love to get some some reps at nickel as well, just because they're always in the mix. You know, they always have an opportunity to be involved in the play. Be fun to to blitz every now and then as well. So I like it, man. I, I really like the build of this starting defense. I think the four two five combined with the influx of athleticism and talent that they've, you know, brought over from the transfer portal, it, it's really gonna pay dividends. I think this starting defense has the potential to be pretty damn solid now. You know, what kind of depth they ultimately have, we shall see. They're pretty young and inexperienced behind, you know, all the starters, essentially. But they're going to rotate a lot, which is, you know, going to give some younger guys an opportunity to play. They might not necessarily be playing, you know, 50, 60 snaps a game. might only be 15, you know, could be 20, 30, depending on, you know, what their roles are. But it's ultimately, you know, we talked about how some of those young guys are going to benefit from, you know, getting these, these reps early on in camp. Well... From a defensive perspective throughout the season, it's going to be similar. I mean, obviously, you're going to rely on your starters, but they're going to rotate way more. I mean, last year, those defensive linemen, the guys in the front seven, they're playing 60 to 80 snaps a game, and they just wore down. You could tell, you know, they they weren't able to go as hard at the end of the season. Everybody was dinged up. Freddie said, you know, they're not going to play anybody that much, and I think it's going to it's going to be good. It's, it's going to allow those top guys to play at a high-end level more consistently throughout the season because they're going to be fresher. And even though that those younger guys aren't necessarily going to be playing you know, a ton of snaps, they're still going to be getting live reps. They're going to be benefiting the team, but they're also just going to be getting experience. And then eventually, you know, they're just going to be closer to, to being ready to go. And if somebody goes down, you know, maybe it's not such a brutal blow. I mean, that the defense last year, the starters were pretty solid you know, for the first five, six weeks or so. And then they they got dinged up. They lost a couple of guys. And, you know, everybody behind them, they just, they weren't prepared. And, and the drop-off was substantial. But I think, you know, part of that is the fact that a lot of those guys weren't getting reps in practice. Again, going back to the split reps, that's going to be beneficial for CSU. The threes and fours are getting more practice time. But also the starters, they're going to play less reps. It's just going to be a fresher defense and a defense that has more participants. I will add that, you know, the defense didn't tackle quite as well as they did in week one or in scrimmage one, I should say. 
Banks did bring that up, despite the fact that he had a lot of praise for quite a few guys. So there's room for improvement, and you know there always is. It's never a perfect scrimmage, but I, I really like that they had the the bend don't break mentality. You know they they did give up some drives. They allowed the offense to go down the field, but they didn't give up touchdowns. And ultimately, that's modern football. You know the days of consistently holding your opponent to like under 200 yards. It just almost ne- almost never happens. I mean, that's what was so crazy about the uh, the beatdown in Albuquerque last year. I mean, if you hold a team under a hundred yards, that's next level domination, like video game level type containment. With the way the game is played today, the, the style and just the way that rules inherently favor offense. I mean, you can hardly hit anybody. It you know it, it just favors scoring and it favors moving the football. So you've got to be elite in the red zone. You've got to be able to put points on the board when you're, you know, in the red zone on offense. You got to stop them when you're on defense. Really, that's like the sign of a great team in modern football. I'm not saying that this team is going to win the conference or anything like that, but you know, I am encouraged by the the talent and you know the general level of athleticism that they have out there and just the general culture change. I think all of that is going to behoove CSU. I think it's going to be a fun season. I'm very much looking forward to it. But I'm going to leave you here with some audio of uh, Freddie Banks talking about development. Keep your eyes out. I will have Kyan Evans on the podcast, trying to have Nico Lopez 2023 wide receiver commit on the podcast soon as well. Been talking with both of those guys, uh, but I have an interview currently scheduled with Kyan for tomorrow. So we'll have him on the pod in the next 24 to 48 hours. We'll see kind of how that timeline plays out. We'll have more content coming out, a bunch of written content. We've had some technical issues behind the site, which has made publishing just kind of a a nightmare. I've had pieces literally ready to publish that I couldn't, but it's getting better and I'm going to have more Rams content than ever. So I I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, again, if you only listen to the podcast, I encourage you to subscribe, but if, if the podcast is all you can do right now, I appreciate you as well. I love this DMVR Rams community. We are within a couple hundred followers of being able to surpass the DNVR buffs account and just so that I can be a petty asshole to all the, you know, CU people on staff, I would love it if you guys would help me accomplish that. Let's do it. Let's get the DNVR Rams account to 5K. And, you know, maybe I'll I'll do something crazy. I don't know. If we can beat the CU account to to 5K, I don't throw out some proposals on Twitter. I was gonna say, like, maybe I'll get like a CSU inspired tattoo. That is something I've always, you know, thought about doing. I don't know, like a bronze boot or I don't know, something, but I just really want to, I really want to be petty. That's the only reason I want this to happen. And I know you guys love trolling Buffs fans as well. So (laughs) purely for uh, spite and pettiness, let's do this. Get DMVR Rams to 5K. Shout out to all you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more content in the coming days. Much love. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.